Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Renee Powers here, and I have the inimitable Nora McInerney today. Uh, Nora, this is very important information. Nora was voted the most humorous by the Annunciation Catholic School Class of 1997. But since then, she has written best-selling memoirs, It's Okay to Laugh, Crying is Cool Too, and No Happy Endings, as well as The Hot Young Widows Club and Bad Moms the Novel. She hosts the award-winning podcast, Terrible Thanks for Asking. She spoke on TED's main stage and has contributed to publications such as the New York Times, Time, Slate, and Vox. She's very, very tall. And uh, we're big fans of her up here. Nora, welcome. I almost said welcome to you. (laughs) (laughs) The tables have turned. And welcome to you as well. Okay. Welcome to all. That is right up there with someone saying, have a nice flight. The gate agent saying, have a nice flight. You too. You too. (laughs) Welcome to you. Welcome. We are welcome to one another. Thank you. Well, I have to say that my, uh, my sister-in-law, Kathleen, shout out to Kathleen, um, is probably just like dripping in jealousy right now because she follows like three Instagram accounts and one of them is yours. (laughs) Kath, we love it. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored to be on a tight feed. I I really am. That's great. Um, she's, she's gifted me all of your still kicking stuff. Like she's, She's just a big cheerleader for you. And she's a big cheerleader for no one, including my own business. So we, <laughs> yeah. she's like, she won't read, she won't listen to this podcast, but you know, <laughs> maybe so, we could lure Kathleen in through this episode. This could be her gateway. Goal. Oh, but today we are talking about bad vibes only and other things I bring to the table. This book for one is beautiful. Um, Thank you. I always feel weird accepting that compliment because as you know, an author does not design their own book. I just realized this is, this thing is dumb. Hold on. Let me see if I can read. There we go. Is that how I want it? That's even dumber. Holy shit. Why am I doing this right now? Not a good choice. Mm -mm, Nope. That's worse. Okay. Why am I adjusting my mic now? Not a good job. (laughs) This is excellent audio. (laughs) Yeah. People love this. People love the sound of podcasting. That's what they're here for. They're here for the behind this shit. Fuck. God. <laughs> this is speaking of bad vibes. Only. Okay. okay. Wow. Knocked out by the mic stand. We got a first timer here. <laughs> welcome to podcasting and welcome. Where were we? Okay. So yes, I did not design the book. I accept that compliment for uh, on behalf of the book designer, Absolutely. I really do think it's a beautiful book and it takes like, you know, 20 or 30 designs sometimes to land on one that everybody feels good about. But in addition to that, what's in the pages? Mm, I prefer also, to ju- judge the book on its cover. Yeah, Beautiful. You can see I've got it post-it noted and tagged and flagged. I am a chaotic reader and I appreciate essay collections because they feel like my own inner, my own chaos uh, you get a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. What I appreciate about everything that you do, um, and your podcasts and your previous books and, and your speaking work is listen, I too am a Midwestern Irish Catholic. I too grew up to be self-reliant, always striving for the next accomplishment. 
never necessarily saying what I mean, never really having feelings. And what you do is you break all that apart and you say, fuck that. I'm going to tell you all of the hard, messy parts. And we're just going to bring it, we're just going to bring it to the surface. And I mean, when you, what is that saying? Like when you put light on something, like it has to flourish or something. So why are you okay? Like, (laughs) yeah, am I okay? Honestly, that is, that is the question. Are you, are you okay? Obviously, you know, sure. In some ways and in other ways, no, no, not at all. Um, which I think is kind of the point of, uh, and, and kind of where everyone is right. Like, yes, big picture. Am I okay right now? Yep. Yep. Things are, things are moving along. Uh, I, I have a roof over my head. I have, you know, you don't want to jinx it, but I got health, healthy, happy children on the other side of this door who have buried the hatchet over whatever they were scream fighting about 10 seconds before this call started. I am remarried. I have a job that I love. I I get to do the things that I am passionate about. And yet, <laughs> and yet, uh, you know, that there's, we're always living with the two sides of the coin and living with both hands true or both hands. Jeez Louise. We're always living with both sides of the coin, Roy's living with both hands full, especially when we've sort of realized that more than one thing can be true at once and always is. My books do beg that question though. Is this woman okay? (laughs) And I do think the best answer is TBD. Okay. Mm -hmm. TBD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things I, I am not a parent, but one of the essays that really stood out to me was, um, you talk about basically scrubbing the internet from your son, your son, Mm. sending, scrubbing your son from the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't imagine as someone who has been online since 1998, I can't imagine, you know, having to go back and and scrub parts of my life from it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what that experience is like, Mm. why you decided to basically give him his own autonomy, (laughs) even as a little person. When you say that, when you say that, why wouldn't you? Right. Right. I I never thought of it that way. Right. I never thought of it that way, Renee. And I know most people don't. Mm -hmm. I know most people don't because I didn't, because I know plenty of like very good conscientious, um, you know, with it parents who are very aware of their children as people and who at the same time do not seem to understand that everything that we put on the internet about our children chips away at their own at their own autonomy and at the most valuable thing that we all have which is ownership of our own story as a kid i was so easily embarrassed my um tagline for childhood and on my very early blogs was don't look at me because that's what i would say to people don't look at me don't look at me if i went somewhere with my mom and an adult talked to me i'd say don't look at me <laughs> Okay. Just the idea of being perceived by another adult, if I could hear my mom repeating something I said to one person, I wanted to crumble and die of embarrassment. And yet, um, when you know, my my son was born, this is, you know, kind of the nascence of Instagram. It's 2013. You're not following strangers, you're not like using, you know, hashtags for any anything other than, you know. I thought it was a really clever way to 
We had an if this, then that, that pulled in any photo with his hashtag into a private Tumblr. The Tumblr was private. Why would that be? Why would the Tumblr be private, but my Instagram not be? Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. It's so interesting to me. And you know, when I, when he was born, when I started posting things, I didn't have any followers, right? There was no one looking at photos of him who wasn't related to him as far as I know. And as, you know, technology has progressed, as I've progressed, as we've all gotten older, um, and, and I hope more aware, like the implications, the long-term implications of having your child online have yet to even be fully grasped. But I can tell you that when your second grader comes home and says, I Googled myself at school, why'd you tell everyone my dad's dad? Mm. Like, well, you got, buddy, I told people a lot more than that. (laughs) (laughs) I did, I did, I did. And where is that line, right? Where is that line? Because motherhood is a part of your identity and yet your children are not yours. They are not your belonging. Um, Your children's lives are not your own, even though you are responsible for them. And uh, there was a lot of Ralph's life that is tied into my life and my identity, but trying to determine where his story ends and mine begins, the safest thing that I could do, and I think the best thing that I can do for him and his development is to keep it offline, Mm. keep it offline. It's one of those, I talk to a lot of memoirists and it's one of those things. It's an easy question for somebody to ask uh, a memoirist memoirist as well is like, how do you, do people get angry at you for what you write? Mm -hmm. And how do you decide again, exactly what you're saying? Like, where does this person's story and mine begin and vice versa? I don't know. I don't have, I don't have any follow-up questions to that. I just think that it was a really important and really thought-provoking and interesting essay to include in this book. So yeah, I think think also it's like, you think about like, you know, um, like I think a lot about uh, kids who are influencers I think a lot about kids whose moms are influencers. Like I'm a liability to all my children, you know, am I an influencer? No, but do I sometimes behave like one? Yeah. You know, how embarrassing. Think about how embarrassing your parents were to you just when they were just being alive, when they were just showing up to like softball practice to pick you up. Right. And you were like, fucking why, you know, why? (laughs) And full disclosure, my previous life was in academia and I actually wrote a paper and presented a paper about, and this is like the most academia, academia thing that you could academia. It was like (laughs) Marxist feminist criticism of like privacy as commodity on mommy blogs. (laughs) I want to read that. I Uh, give me that now. (laughs) Give me that now. I demand it. It's been, it has been on my mind for several years. Yeah. Um, but it also, I think it, it, this conversation leads us to a conversation about um, your very last essay in this called Good, Better, Best is really mm-hmm. about accomplishment and unlearning all of the, um, just the striving, striving, all of the things that, you know, when you grew up in the nineties and two thousands, like these, you were determined by the grades you got, the clubs you were in your SAT scores, the colleges you applied and got into. And I, I can I read a passage? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have this like marked. I just loved it. You are, you are striving now to like 
imbue the joy of mediocrity into your kids. And I, I just want to give you all of the, the snaps for that. So this is what you write. I hope that all my children live free of any rhyming aphorism that encourages them to keep striving when it's clear that C's not only get degrees, but produce C-suite executives. I hope they are all dead average, that they go whatever college they can afford without taking on massive loan debt and pursue whatever job it is that helps them support a life that is unremarkable and unaccomplished, that they fall asleep believing that their efforts were enough and wake up feeling the peace of knowing that their worth is innate and endless. I hope that their happiness springs from within them naturally, like well water, that they let it spill out of them and into the people around them, that they see themselves and others for who they are, not what they can do. I want this for my kids and for all of us who are constantly seeking the next gold star, the next accolade, more proof that we are good and special and deserving of the space that we take up on this planet. A prayer, a prayer for us all, a, a prayer, prayer for, all for overachievers, <laughs> a prayer for all recovering overachievers. May we not, mm-hmm. may we not. How did you even begin to chip away? So much therapy. I had this, <laughs> which I talked about a little bit in the book, even though I, I, oh God. And so I'm still chipping away at Renee still to this day is like, you know, the, the sort of untangling of your being from your doing Mm -hmm. and from your value, like it's never been easier. It's actually never been harder to not quantify your value. Mm -hmm. It's never been harder to sort of, you know, just exist without quantifiable proof of life. Everything that you do can be, and is being cataloged and quantified constantly we've never been more observed and we've never, it's never been easier to observe others. And I do think that for me, there is a connection between how much I'm observing other people and how harsh the own light of my own observations becomes on me. Like the magnifying glass being held up to somebody else, it burns my own retina. It really does. Um, So, oh, and a part of that I think is so deeply connected to you know, to comparison. And even if you have like an objectively good life, you know, everything's good. Like I've said this to my husband, like I love our house. I love our life. I love our family. I get on Instagram for five minutes and I'm like, light a match, burn this hellhole to the ground. Are you kidding? Have you seen our kitchen cabinets? Disgusting, horrible. They're, they're kitchen cabinets. They hold our food in our dishes. They do the job. Okay. They do the job. And to plenty of people, they are actually very cute and very lovely, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's like a small example, right? Something inconsequential. But when you're constantly drinking from a fire hose of other people's lives, it is so hard not to look at your own with just a less kind eye. You know, it's like I I wrote that chapter because. Um, and I've seen other writers talk about this too. And I don't think it's unique to writers. I think, and, and I've had my friends who are, who work in very, very different fields say the same thing, but it's always alarming when you see, when you see another person through your eyes and see them, how they see themselves. Let me start that over. <laughs> this is not just a writer problem though. I do follow this writer, Ashley C. Ford, who for part of her therapy had to write out all of her accomplishments, Right write them all up since 2019. It was huge. This list, this list that in the writing was so small, you couldn't even tell what was on it. Right. And 
I think her post was essentially something like, I did not enjoy any of this, right? I didn't let myself enjoy any of it. I have allowed myself to no enjoyment, no enjoyment of any of the things, right? That I thought like, this will be the thing that makes, right? If I can just, if you would have told me in 2004, you'll, you'll write one book. I would have been like, great. That's all I need to be happy, right? That's all. That's all. But if it's always something external, it will never, ever make you happy. And I have so many friends like this. And I do think it's the curse of the gifted child. It's the curse of the competent woman. It is, you know, the curse of like, an, uh, you know, late stage capitalism, which is what's next, what's next, what's next? Like, what are we, what are, what's next? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to get another degree? Okay. okay. Oh, you got that degree? Why? What are you going to do with that? You're going to get a better job? You're going to get a better job? Okay. All right. You started a podcast. That's great. How, who listens to it? How are you going to get more listeners? How many right? downloads? How many downloads? Yeah. Are you need some more? Have you okay. monetized that? Yeah. Yeah. And how much? Like, it's just everything, everything. And it all adds up. And really, it is all so worthless, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it, it's it's the your worth, our worth, like the worth of life is not in any of those things. And yet, I find myself constantly needing that reminder, needing to be pulled into reality. And out of this funhouse mirror. Have you seen the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once? Yes. And I had no idea what I was getting into. I went and saw it at like 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. Did not even know what the movie was about. I was like, should I be laughing? I can't tell if this is a comedy. And then. (laughs) Basically that. Should I be bawling? Like (laughs) that movie fucked me up for life. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. In the best way. Because everything is meaningless. Mm -hmm. None of it matters. None of it matters. And there is another world where you could be happy doing taxes and laundry. And that's fine. You know, I just, I, I, it has changed my perception of my entire world as like, Mm -hmm. it shifted something in me that said, oh, well, that's just like, no one cares. No one cares. Isn't that beautiful? It's so beautiful. I was, I was talking about this earlier when everything matters, nothing matters. And when nothing matters, everything matters, but not in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when nothing matters, nothing really matters, which means it all matters, which also means it doesn't matter. It's so like, so this has been philosophy 101 with Nora and Renee. Oh my God. I gotta go. I gotta go back to philosophy 101 because that is how I felt after seeing that movie. I was like, wait, I get it. No, I don't. Yes. No, but, but, but I got it. No, no. Like, I'm yeah. just going to, I'm just going to rewatch all of the good place and call it a philosophy course. Honestly, I will say that was probably, um, th- the most I ever got out of a philosophy class was the good place. Yes. Yes. Um, well, <laughs> this, this is, we're already at time. This flew oh, by. God dang it. Okay. Um, but what, okay. Give me your, I, I, don't, I never ask this, but give me your like pitch for this book. If you, oh man, if you like this, read my book. If you, oh yeah, why you should read Bad Vibes Only. Yeah, aside if from you, you being like, a yeah, okay. If you like Sam Irby, if you like David Sedaris, if you like sad, funny things, if you are a person who loves going to Home Goods and then sees those signs and is like, oh, coffee, oh, good vibes only, oh, but you know. Um, if you are a person who has been personally victimized by early 2000s fashion, (laughs) if you are a person who was encouraged to go to Weight Watchers when she was an average weight, if not thin, um, this is the book for you. 
if you have, you know, I, yeah. Um, is that a good pitch? I'm so bad at I this. Think so. I think okay. so. I think also, um, if you are, if you think, if you tell people you're okay, but you're really not. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you're a person who here's the thing, this book is for people who go to a party and immediately like are sort of like in the corner with one person talking about like something that's a little bit too deep for the evening. I was just at a wedding and I was like talking about like death with this guy and we were just like going into it and like, he's crying. I'm crying. I later found out he was on shrooms and I wasn't. So that explains his side of it. That's just my personality. He was like, we're like, I'm like, and then, and then this happens. He's like, I know I agree. And like, what if there's nothing? I was like, what if there's nothing? Does that free us? I think it does. We're just getting into it. If you are that kind of person, this is the book for you. And if, if you, you ever cornered see someone me, at a party, if you ever see me at a party, corner me because I am the person that goes zero to what is your most traumatic childhood memory in uh, same no time. Uh, yeah. Same. And I, and, and if everyone else is having fun, I just, I need, I need an outlet and it should be out on the deck. Okay. In a one-on-one. It's perfect. Well, this has been the most fun I've had in a long time on the podcast. So thank you so much. Um, where can we find you on the internet if we want to stalk you? Yeah, children? Come just find kidding, me. not your children. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't, you won't. Well, you'll still be able to find some stuff about my kids, but not a lot. But um, I am on my screen name because I'm a senior millennial and we did not use our real names on the internet is Nora Borealis. That is a play in the Northern Lights, not my actual last name. And it's also the name of my website. And you can find my books wherever you get books, which I hope is a sweet little indie bookstore with a cozy chair. Or Feminist Book Club. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> doi, doi. <laughs> um, we will leave links to everything in the show notes and definitely check out uh, Terrible Thanks for Asking. It is one of my favorite podcasts. So thank you for your words and this book and all the work that you do. And we'll, we'll talk soon. Yeah. I'll see. I'll see you around. I'll see you around. There's nothing like a strong conclusion. I'm so glad that you had one. Cause I'm always like, and we will see, smell you later. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of feminist book club. The podcast want to be part of the club. Here's how you can join us. Obviously subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for brownie points. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. well-read woman is a dangerous creature, creature. I'd like to invite you to join the National Women's Studies Association this November 10th through the 13th at the Hilton Minneapolis for the annual conference. The 2022 NWSA conference theme, Killing Rage, Resistance on the Other Side of Freedom, seeks to open up conversations about freedom and justice, salvation and sacrifice, convenience and controversy, and whose life and vote matters. 
At our conference, you can connect with other activists, feminists, and scholars from across the globe. This year, the keynote speakers are feminist leaders Angela Davis and Anita Hill and many more. Don't know what NWSA is? The NWSA is the world's largest group of feminists, activists, and scholars dedicated to advancing women and women's studies across the globe. So are you a feminist? Join NWSA at nwsa.org to become a member and to see more details on this year's conference. Again, that's nwsa.org or follow them on Twitter at NWSA or on Instagram at NWSA underscore IG. We hope to see you this November here in Minneapolis.